Hey, cuddlings. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I can't believe it. After months and months. Oh yeah, this is great. So I have my phone at my desk at my work and all of a sudden I see my Skype pop up and I can see the link title and it says vagina death. <laughs> and I'm like, um, did you send me something you didn't mean to send me, Michael? I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I'm like, don't want to know what your fetishes are, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, American Gods, I'm on board now. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Human error. <laughs> So I have a, just a little Twitter tidbit. It's not like news or anything, but I found it pretty funny. Um, Orlando Jones tweeted that uh, he was watching Bruce Langley, who's playing Technical Boy. Uh, he was watching him acting. And then suddenly his phone stopped working in the presence of Technical Boy. And so he realized he ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> so this guy was pretty much born to be Technical Boy. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cute. Basically, joy consuming a man.
So like Tinder? Okay. Swipe right. <laughs> Swipe right for Bilkwe. I think it coincides well with the, you know, 21st century-esque, like, we're going to have media being a huge character. It makes sense to have, you know, a source of media and, you know, social interactions through the internet, you know, be the way that Bilkwe operates, that this is what's her new, you know, way of interacting with other people. It makes sense. Yeah, like, who knows, that might be the very way that Technical Boy gets to her. That's how he finds her. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And that everyone that works with him has complete trust in him and doesn't feel like they're left out on their own. Like, they'll do their own interpretation. Brian Fuller's quite happy to let them, you know, develop on their own, but he's always a stability to them.
Exactly. It's, you know, cohesive and it's a give and take. Uh, I really like in American Gods, um, he's talking about uh, that when he is literally in just three scenes throughout the first season. And but he says like when they're filming the prison scenes, they're literally in a prison in Oklahoma, an active prison. And like their cellmates, like onto the sides of them are literally people on death row that they're filming next to. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, <laughs> who actually goes to an active prison and films there? Like, that's insane to me. But, hey, it's Brian Fuller, and he can do no wrong. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's where my brain's still stuck on right now. Do you think they're going to do like a season two Hannibal where they show the ending, beginning, the last episode scene in the very first episode? Yeah. Yeah, like, 
from what I heard, like, literally, American Gods being broken up into three parts, and that was, you know, up until the carousel was season one, and then they're gonna, you know, do the next chunk, part two, and then part three, like, they're actually just gonna break it up, they weren't gonna, they were gonna have characters, you know, all throughout it that, you know, come here and there in the book and change them around a bit. But I thought the story was going to stick pretty true and being cut up as it is in the book. Or he could be leading us on. Funny that he says cats. <laughs> well, also how it's tied into American Gods with, you know, cat theme. <laughs> State Penitentiary. I like they said it's fun. I don't think it's too fun for the guys next to your cell, but sure. <laughs> yeah, like. I'm sure those death row prisoners are really appreciative of seeing the nice rich guys shooting the TV show that they're probably not going to live long enough to watch. <laughs> That's real nice. It was picked up on the camera. Ooh. 
Which has such nice. Your, your job is just like getting to play around. That's nice. <laughs> I'd like to do that. <laughs> Or sleep on the street just to get to do this. Yeah, it's refreshing. Like, he's a unique individual. And he really puts his heart and soul into what he does. Yeah, exactly. I love that interviews are coming out now where we just get you know, little snippets that give us a greater idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, I think if you have the big book, it's like 10 pages. If you have like my small paperback one, it's like uh, 15 pages, but it's not very long at all. Yeah, so I have my, all my notes written out, but I recorded them in my car using my phone from voice to text. So if I get confused or something, it's probably because it's misspelled. So heads up. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so we left off, uh, back at the tree where Shadow, um, finally breathed his last breath and died. I'm using air quotes, died. <laughs> um, so in the next world, I guess, Shadow finds himself, uh, in this world colored in midnight and he's descending down these giant stone stairs. Uh, and at the bottom it's Zoria Polinichinaya. 
and beyond her is this forked path. And Shadow finds himself dressed in the clothes that he had on when he first met her. And he's barefoot, he's just got his t-shirt and his jeans on. And in his pocket, he finds that silver Liberty dollar that she had given him. And he returns it back to her. And she tells him that she bought his liberty twice, and now it's going to light his way in these dark places. And she explains that these two paths lead to one of lies and one of hard truths. And Shadow, of course, he's gone. He's like, I've gone way too far to go down the path of lies. Just give me the hard truths. It's what I want. And she tells him that's going to cost him heavily. And um, to go down the path of hard truths, it's cost his real name. And he asked her how will he give it to her, and she reaches her hand into his skull, and after a moment just brings it back out, and and he asks, is that my name? And she says it was, and we're not privy to what just went on his side of his skull. <laughs> um, so he goes down the path of hard truths, and turns a corner, and he thinks it's a lot like the house on the rock, you know, part diorama, part like nightmare filled. He finds himself looking at himself back in prison. And it's that horrible moment where he's being told that Laura has died and gets to relive and see his own expression, that moment and the pain it caused him. And then he continues on and his next vision, you know, slash memory, is that Shadow sees himself about three years ago. And this is when he's committing the crime that got him in jail. And I guess he's robbing this convenience store but he's beating these two guys up to a pulp. Um, and so he's taking their money and taking extra for, I guess they wasted his time. And that's why he was beating the crap out of them. Um, it just doesn't seem like a shadow thing to do, but we, he does it for Laura. Like We're getting the impression that she's the one that told him to do this. So the next uh, memory-esque thing shadow has to face is one... He really doesn't want to, and it's his 16-year-old self. And he's at his mother's bedside um, in the hospital, and she's dying. And she's only in her early 30s, and they discovered lymphoma. And Shadow just watches himself. You know, he's not holding her hand. He's not comforting her, talking to her. He's sitting there reading as she's dying. And he has to live with seeing that again. And he continues on, and it seems to be just keep going into the past he sees he's his mother his, his mother is about 25 and shadow is a little younger and asking about his father and she's refusing to tell him anything and for him to stop asking and it, he keeps moving on and <laughs> now this is one where he doesn't really like he sees his mother but she's very young um, they describe her as little more than a child <laughs> I want to make that clear. And she's drunk of margaritas and dancing. Dancing with Mr. Wednesday, who we know has an appetite for young girls. <laughs> and Shadow is smart enough not to follow and see his conception. <laughs> but this was like horrifying slash revelations. Like, this blew my mind. It was such a Luke, I'm your father kind of moment. <laughs> Yeah, and because I'm talking in the car out, like, to my phone, um, my husband's listening. 
and so I, he was asking about this part and I told him about this and I described, you know, Wednesday as a dirty old man when it comes to his sexual appetite. And my husband said that's ironic too with his name. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, Wednesday, hump day. And I give my husband a dirty look and I'm like, oh my God, you're a dirty old man too. <laughs> like, seriously, I never even would have thought of that. Of course, that's where your mind's at. <laughs> <sighs> fun car rides. Uh, after Shadow uh, avoids seeing his conception <laughs> very smartly, um, he finds a familiar voice talking to him. A familiar feline voice. And she tells him that there are three ways up ahead, and you have to choose. And there's a way where you die, <laughs> and die, die, like, continue being dead, like... You're already dead. Like, you're just dying more. <laughs> uh, there's one that makes you whole. And there's another way that'll make you wise. And she asks him if he trusts her. And he replies that he does. And that she's going to make the choice for him. And this time it costs his heart. Which she takes right from his chest. You know, very Indiana Jones. <laughs> but it comes out as like this ruby-esque kind of stone. And he travels down the middle path that she leads him down. And he comes to this, like, vast, dark, like, a mirror-smooth lake. And there's this, you know, boat coming towards him with a figure in a white robe. And it's pulling up the boat. And I'm like, oh, God, now you are going to die. This is the road of death. <laughs> we all know what's happening here. <laughs> and um, the man is, he has a bird-like bird like uh face like features and he recognizes um this figure from the diorama on the house on the rock that Chernabog had showed him he's the one taking the drunkard's soul and this creature he also knows quite familiar because it's mr ibis taking him across the waters which makes perfect sense <laughs> Mr. Ivis explains to Shadow that life and death are not separate. It's just like like a coin, how there's a head and a tail. And it's just life and death. It's two sides of the same coin. And he takes him to the Hall of the Dead where Mr. Jacquel is waiting for him because it's his time of judgment. <laughs> I feel so sorry for Shadow. And when they judge him, have this time of judgment, he goes through every single fault and weakness and... You know, every lie he's ever told, every every hurt he's ever committed, he's being replayed in his mind. And this is like my idea of my worst nightmare when if I ever die, this is my worst nightmare is that I have to face like all the horrible shit that you go through in life and that you never ever want to think about ever again. So it's just like you can imagine how horrible this is and you kind of just feel like, God, you would want this to end. And it does suddenly very hurt suddenly for him and uh, his judgments uh, come in the form of a feather and they're being weighed against his heart that the feline familiar hands over. And it turns out that the scales weigh out even and Shadow gets to choose his fate essentially. But Shadow doesn't want to, you know, go to heaven, go to hell. He doesn't want anything. He wants nothing and he just wants to be nothing. And so they open this last door for him, and he goes through with nothing but a strange, fierce joy and this overwhelming feeling. 
And as he goes through, he accepts his nothing. And that's where the chapter ends. It's just kind of crazy. It's so... Such an intense chapter. Very, <laughs> and there is like some dark imagery in here too, like when he's crossing um the waters and how he sees like the water bloated children's faces beneath the water, and I'm like this is so dark and kind of metal. <laughs> like... <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's such a dirty man. <laughs> yeah. It makes a lot of sense when Neil lays this all out for us. Like, everything just connects, and it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, like... It still blows my mind that Wednesday's your daddy. can't wait to see what's gonna happen next chapter like what's gonna happen like he just turned into nothing what does that mean <laughs> i have to know <laughs> as we like to call him king of the tiger balls <laughs> <laughs> of course. Seems very fitting.
Oh, of course. Yeah, very much so.
a pretty accurate depiction of, you know, the stories versus Neil Gaiman's, you know, creation. There's pretty damn similar. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. American Gods is very popular. That's awesome. Good job. <laughs> uh, that'll be a long one. <laughs> Nice. Good night, cousins.